Hello everyone and welcome. You're listening to Tax Wrap episode 39. My name is Nathan and we're joined by Letty and Andy. How are we doing guys? Oh, great Nathan. That's good to hear. Now, something that's been making news over the last week in the tax world uh, is the whole Uber GST debacle uh, that you may have heard about. Now, Uber's a ride-sharing service, and they call themselves a ride-sharing service, uh, and they're sort of part of the new wave of disruptive economies that are emerging. And basically, they want to take the tax office to the federal court over a determination that the tax office released, basically saying that for tax purposes, Uber drivers should be... Uh, treated as taxi drivers and uh, basically just a little bit of background information uh, taxi drivers have to register for GST no matter what and that's something that probably a lot of tax professionals out there will already know but regardless of whether they uh, go over the $75,000 threshold or the under, they have to register for GST now Uber's come out and said our uh, Uber drivers are not taxi drivers therefore they shouldn't have to register for GST unless they pass the $75,000 threshold. Now, their main argument for, for saying that was that there are other disruptive economies out there like Airbnb and Airtasker whose uh, the people that work for them don't have to register for GST unless they pass that threshold. So that's their argument. But we can see, uh, if we're looking at the law, that for most intents and purposes, Uber drivers may be taxi drivers. So how do we sort of arrive at that decision, guys? Uh, thanks, Nath. That was a very, very neat uh, summary but uh, of, of the actual issue. And, thanks a lot. And basi- basically, um, basically, Nath, for GST purposes, it comes down to whether you're providing a, a taxi travel service. That's, mm-hmm. that's ultimately what it is, and this is what it actually all hinges on, and this is how the, the tax office in its recent uh, determination or its fact sheet on, on the ATO website to to provide uh, Uber drivers some guidance have, has reached its conclusion. It comes down to whether you provide a taxi travel service, as I've mentioned, and basically it comes down to whether you provide a car for public hire, um, and its its use is to transport passengers for a fare. Mm-hmm. So that, that sounds pretty much like a typical taxi driver. Now, from the tax officer's viewpoint, it's, the question becomes, can we uh, fit an Uber, Uber driver into that definition? So mm-hmm. does the Uber driver provide their car for public hire? Does it uh, use it to transport passengers? And do they do it for a fare? So from the face here, the tax officer's had a look at that definition and of the view that uh, our, our Uber driver uh, partners, as they, they call it, mm-hmm. fit within that category. And so therefore, therefore uh, they sh- they're required to remit the GST uh, um, on services provided. They don't satisfy that $75,000 threshold because for those who are in the taxi uh, taxi service industry, um, that, that threshold's uh, not applicable. And mm-hmm. so I think Liddy and uh, ourselves, we were talking about it offline as to why um, you know, uh, taxi drivers, you know, uh, aren't subject to that, that threshold. And, and what, what were your thoughts there, Lady, in terms yeah, of... Yeah, so, um, you know, policy, we can spend all day debating and discussing policy oh, yeah. rationale for everything, can't we? But in, in you know, three lines or less, basically the reason why uh, most businesses need to meet a $75,000 turnover threshold to be um, obliged to register for GST, but taxi drivers or... or more specifically speaking, businesses or people who provide taxi services don't have to meet that threshold. Uh, it's because uh, when you think about it in a practical context, uh, they don't they don't really want um, customers of taxis 
to be charged different rates mm-hmm. just depending on the profile of the taxi driver or, or the tax profile of the taxi driver yeah. look if it costs 30 bucks to get to the airport and I wish that I live close enough for it to be that cheap that would be but fantastic. It, should be, it should be 30 bucks to get to the airport no matter the tax registration yeah. profile of your taxi driver see that's an important distinction to make because that's I right. think Uber's taking this sort of altruistic stance that sure. our drivers are part of a disruptive economy we yes. don't want them to have to pay more or collect yes. more and we don't want our users to have to pay more oh. because it may hurt their yes. business model in the mm. long run sure. but it's and interesting that um in a, in a sort of, it's more egalitarian that all taxi drivers should charge the same services. I mean, it's not fair if, if two people are catching, or you might even catch a taxi to the airport on one day sure. with one taxi driver Absolutely. and you might pay $30 and the next day... You pay $33. Exactly. Just, and that's just not because right. because of the actual uh, taxi. And that's different to say Airbnb. With Airbnb, um, you know, if you, if you want to stay... Uh, in Sydney or something like that and you think that the apartment's too expensive you can pick another one mm. <laughs> and it's it works pretty well and i got to say I like the way that the tax office sort of handles this in, in the sense that they're saying you know if it if it looks a certain way if it smells a certain mm, way sure. it's it probably yeah, that and yeah. Uber's saying well our taxi driver uh, our sorry our driver partners are not taxi drivers because of you know very small distinctions we're part of this new sure. new way of disruptive economy but the tax office yeah. is saying well look yeah. you're driving a car around you're picking passengers up, yep. you're charging them a fare, yep. you're a taxi driver. Right. And I, I suppose at the end of the day, um, you, we can discuss policies and uh, egalitarian concerns all we like, but at the end of the day, the law is the law as well. And the law yep. very clearly says that if you are providing a taxi service, you have to uh, register with GST uh, if you're conducting this as an enterprise, uh, regardless of your turnover. Now, that's not to say that um, the, that, that con- conclusion is absolutely 100% spot on correct like it could be it may not be it has not been tested through the courts yet and um, it's still new enough that there's still going to be a few grey areas and we've spoken about this you know for quite a bit now uh, Nathan you know sort of sometimes the law hasn't quite sometimes the law is there it, it still works as it is but in terms of applying it to these new concepts that's where sometimes you know um, you know sort of generally uh, the tax office can, you know, take a little bit of time trying to come to grips with what the actual arrangements are, particularly with these, uh, these, these different types of uh, sharing economies. Mm. Uh, you know, you had, you know, we recently saw a, um, you know, a, a, a ruling or a fact sheet on crowdsourcing. Yeah. Um, so all these disruptive technologies, uh, disruptive economies, uh, does take a little bit of time yep. for. Um, you know, the, the law and policy makers and also the administrators, the regulators to react, you know. Um, you know, more recently, you know, we, we had Bitcoin. So all those, yeah. these sorts of things, more recently, we're starting to see that reaction can be slow because people are trying to come to, to grips with it. And, uh, you know, even though Uber's been in Australia for a, a little bit, you know, it's still taken the tax office a little bit of time to get their heads around it. And, you know, we were talking about a little bit earlier, you know, sometimes it might be necessary for for tax office to look at another jurisdiction mm. um, to see how how they go about uh, tackling um, this problem, particularly in uh, jurisdictions where you know the, their tax systems are very similar to, to ours. And I think you did a bit of investigation on that, Nathan. Yeah, it's interesting to note that the the US are very clear cut 
on how they treat their Uber drivers for tax. Basically, they are uh, independent, self-employed contractors, which I guess seems pretty simple on the face of it. It seems like a pretty simple way to apply the law, and basically that means that they're subject to national and state taxes. So there's no way to uh, get around that. And, and considering uh, that our tax system is the way it is, it's interesting that Uber thinks that it may have a special case in Australia. I mean, if you look at, as we were talking before, we were talking about uh, Bitcoin and the way that Bitcoin should be treated for tax, even the tax office is not fully sure about how that's going to look in the next 10 years. I mean, and it could change and it's something that we're all sort of uh, looking at. We're looking at how it'll evolve and how it will change. So they sort of said, look, this is the guidance that we've released for now. Same with crowdfunding. This is the guidance that we've released for now. If things change, the law will change. And, and that's a question, as we spoke about a little bit earlier, you know, um, it's for a question for the policymakers. You know, like the tax office here is very adamant that, you know, sort of uh, Uber drivers are no different to the US uh, individual contractors. Whether, you know, that's, you know, whether that's fair or whether that's the correct approach, that's a question for the policymakers to, to decide as to whether, you know, should we, you know, concessionally or specifically tax these, uh, you know, uh, emerging economies or, or sharing economies in a particular way? Should, you know, should the Airbnbs, the air taskers, the, um, the Ubers of this world be taxed in a particular way or a different way to, you know, if you wanted to incentivise them or, or, you know, should the Uber driver be more like the taxi driver? So that's the question that the policymakers need to, um, need to, to, to answer. And, I mean, the law adequately at this stage, we believe, caters for it. Um, if the policymakers believe that there is uh, some lack of unfairness to it, then, then obviously, you know, they'll they'll table it and you know we might get some new laws but at this stage it'll be an, it's an interesting uh, stoush at the moment just to see how it all unfolds and even though uh, Uber is positing its stance based on the fact that uh, it's using new types of technology and new types of communication don't forget our long established cab companies these days you don't have to pick up a phone yeah you can just download the app which is what I personally do so 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 if those taxi drivers are still subject to GST, even though they're using sort of the same type of technology. And in a way, it is almost like ride sharing because you can just pick up your app and book a taxi. Then to what extent can we really say that uh, Uber Uber can operate outside those rules? Yeah, it's interesting. I was actually, I caught an Uber the other day. I find the service to be quite helpful and it's a little bit cheaper than your common taxi rides. But I was speaking to the driver about this very issue and it's something that they've, they're very close to. They've got their finger on the pulse of a lot of these Uber drivers, which is interesting. But he said he was of the belief that GST shouldn't be included on Uber drivers because the, the act of ride sharing wasn't actually um, a legal act in Australia. But Letty, that doesn't matter, does it? No. See, this is uh, where it gets very confusing because uh, taxi services are generally um, registered and licensed under state based laws and so mm -hmm. each state has its own set of laws and just speaking much more broadly as well the ATO and the Commission of Taxation their legal remit is to administer taxation laws uh, as, as in due, as due and fit under um, those specific sets of legislation uh, the ATO does not does not have the legal power to to start determining uh, legality under other laws and, and even if they think something's illegal under another law they still have to administer something uh, the income that you derive under tax laws mm. and so if something is accessible income or something is um, a GST payable amount then 
And if that's the position under the tax law, then whether the Victorian state government, New South Wales state governments, both of those state governments have um, come out to, to discuss Uber, um, how, how, they, how their rules and regulations work in relation to specific um, industries or specific uh, individuals, um, that does not generally speaking impact on the tax treatment. Interesting. Well, regardless, the uh, Uber has quite a fight ahead of it in the federal court. And I guess, guys, based on this knowledge, it doesn't look like they have much to stand on. I mean, it may be too early to say that, but I mean, in terms of what the, the guidance that the tax office has released on its website, it's quite comprehensive and they seem to have done their research, which is a good thing to see. So we'll see how this evolves over the coming year. And uh, thanks for listening to Tax Wrap episode 39. Join us next week for episode 40. Thanks, Dave. The big 40 party time. <laughs> party time. See you guys. Thank you. Bye.